Is there anybody out there who can hear me? I'm being hunted by an insane military commander. Turn me into a dog. Can you believe this? Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Sci-Fi Afternoon Odysseys. I'm your co-pilot and brother, Jams. I'm your co-pilot and sister, Melissa. And welcome to another episode. Uh, This is the podcast where we look back on the great channel, Sci-Fi Channel's greatest programming, one series at a time, one episode at a time. And we're on Eureka right now. Thank you guys so much for listening to us for the past six episodes. Hope you're liking the show. If you have any feedback, be sure to let us know, because we're so excited to make this show for you. But Mm. before we get into today's episode, we have our first segment of the show. This is a segment uh, named after the Sci-Fi Channel series from 2018, Krypton. You know, the prequel about Superman's home planet centuries before Superman ever lived there. This is called, What's Krypton Your TV? Where we ask each other, is there any new media you're engaging with lately? Jams, what's crypt on your TV? Well, Melissa, what's crypt on my TV is I've been uh, catching up on some anime recently. One that I started a f- like a long time ago and I'm all cut up and a new one that I'm just starting. Uh, the first one is, is Dr. Stone, which is, yeah. uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. It's almost kind of a reverse isekai. Because the concept is... What? All Hold of... on. I don't know what an isekai is. You don't know what an isekai is? You guys haven't done that? No. What is, what's one of those? So an isekai is when a person, due to extraordinary circumstances, is sent to another world. And because of their otherworldly knowledge or experience, they have like a leg up on whatever they're trying to do. Popular ones... Okay. Are... Popular ones are like, I've been sent to another world with my smartphone, or uh, Overlord is one where a guy who's maxed out his MMO character ends up in the game. I Hold on. Is I've been sent to another world with my smartphone a synopsis or the title of an anime? That is the title of the anime. Wow. Th- see, these are shows that like I've, I will scroll past on a streaming platform, like mm-hmm. the time I got reincarnated as a slime. Is that one of those? That I, is, now that that's you say this, I recognize this as a new genre. I think the only thing I've, ca- I've watched like that is The Devil is a Part-Timer, where yeah. it is a detriment that the devil comes to modern-day Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think being the devil helps him manage a McDonald's. You don't know that. Right, I wasn't there. I didn't eat those fries. Maybe they're about the best, best McDonald's fries I've ever had. Maybe Good I've never one. had an apple pie better than that in my life, in any shape or form. Because of the devil. Because the devil. I haven't met, had McDonald's in 12 years. So there you go. I'll, ne- I'll never know. I haven't had McDonald's in n- two weeks. Wow. We live very different lives. <laughs> Do. Uh, but yeah, so I'm watching uh, Dr. Stone right now, and Dr. Stone, instead of him going to another world, this uh, kid who is just a super science kid, he ends up, his whole, all of humanity gets petrified by a weird light, and we cut to almost like 3,000 years later, where nature has overtaken everything, everything is like a regular nat- like natural world again, everything's deteriorated, uh, buildings are gone. Pretty much almost everything is gone. And this super science kid wakes up 
And he's like, all right, I'm going to go save humanity now uh, with my vast, vast knowledge of science. And it's kind of like this nice, it's like those YouTube channels where uh, you see people building stuff with very rudimentary tools. Uh, It's like that, but over a long period and for like science, he's like, I'm going to make hydrochloride for this specific reason. And to get this chemical, I need this element, and I need to go get that using this. And it's kind of just very entertaining for that purpose. Uh, but there's also a very fun overarching plot. It's on uh, two seasons right now. I think the next season is coming out next year. Um, mm. But yeah, I've also been watching uh, The Ranking of Kings, which is uh, from recommendation from a friend of the show, Jake Mason, who hey. recommended in one of the discords we're in. And it is the cutest show it's fantastical it's about this deaf mute boy who is supposed to be the new like an up-and-coming king like he's a prince he's like nine years old but Mm. because he's like deaf and mute he's like everyone's just like oh that's just him like we he could only interact with like a few people that do know sign language uh and everyone just kind of looks down on him meanwhile he's supposed to be like the next king where his dad was like a huge giant and a king. Metaphorically or literally a giant? Literally a giant. This is a fantastical magic world. Ah, okay. And uh, this this boy, uh, Boji, makes friends with Kage, uh, who is a little shadow with like two eyes and like a mouth that (gasps) slinks slinks around on the ground and is voiced by Sangwon Cho. It is just so heartwarming and like wholesome. And it just, it just reminds me of, like, classic anime from, like, the 80s. It's got a great feel to it. Nice. But, yeah, that's what's Krypton TV for me. What's Krypton TV for you? What's Krypton my TV is the George Lucas talk show. What is this? This... El- <laughs> <laughs> this is a... It, it started as a live comedy show at the UCB Theater in New York. Uh, and now it's been a, a Twitch show live streaming and then i watch the videos on youtube this is uh, actor and comedy person connor ratliff dressed up as and pretending to be george lucas oh okay the joke being like... G- george lucas a very quiet introverted awkward man what if he hosted a talk show <laughs> <laughs> and it's him and and griffin newman uh, oh, you may yeah. know as Arthur is the most recent version of the Tick, co-host of the Blank Check movie podcast, one of my very faves. Mm-hmm. He is his uh, talk show sidekick, his co-host, and he plays Watto. He is Watto. <laughs> Griffin Newman isn't here. Watto is here. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Do they do this in <laughs> with costume? Or yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness! Griffin Newman is dressed like Watto. He's got like a. A child's like little like rubber elephant n- nose strapped onto his face, painted blue. He's got blue wings on, little blue bodysuit. He's got a little vest. <laughs> yeah, Connor Ratliff has got his beard like painted white. I presume maybe he his beard went that white already, even though he's a youngish man. Yeah, the, they got another friend there, Patrick Cottonor, I believe his name is. He's just a guy. I think he's just himself. He's the only sincere person on the show. <laughs> it's just Patrick and. Right, and then, like, they've got all these props. Like, Watto will drink out of a collectible sipper Watto cup. Uh, and, like, <laughs> behind them, there's, like, posters for not just Star Wars, but other George Lucas projects, like Howard the Duck and Strange Magic. 
And it's just a talk show where they have people on and interview them about stuff. Like I've been watching an episode where they interview Paul F. Tompkins and they go through his IMDb credits and oh you know, these are the places where you've been these are where you've been an actor or a voice actor or where you've appeared on a soundtrack on, on a song and these are uh titles for which you were listed in special thanks and he realizes he didn't they make him for everyone where he's like oh i know that person thanked me at the end of their comedy special or whatever he used to call that person so it's like hello Patton oswald it's paul f Tompkins. i just learned that you listed me in the special thanks of this comedy special <laughs> And I'm calling to say you're welcome. <laughs> All right, goodbye. I, I have so to watch just, this. This sounds great. It's it's just antics. I've been putting it on at night because I just need like long live stream videos mm-hmm. to like go to sleep to. And I will frequently put it on and then accidentally like stay up way later than I intended because it's so delightful. That's great. Is that how long has that been going on? That show? Oh, they were doing it live for a while. And then after the pandemic, I think uh, sometime in 2020, they started doing it as a a Twitch live stream show. So, yeah, there's a decent bank of episodes on there. All sorts of guests. They just put up like a little clip video of like, this is the George Lucas talk show. And it's like four or five minutes of out of context clips. Uh, Apparently, once they talk to Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Like they they get people, they get all sorts of people. You're gonna have to send me that Paul F. Tompkins one. I love any Paul F. Tompkins content. Oh, Paul, Paul it's F. Tompkins. Quality. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll have to send that to me. Uh, yes, that's that's amazing. I'll have to check that out. But enough about one creator of important sci-fi content. Let's get on to the Sci-Fi Channel show that we've been focusing on. We've been wor- walking through all of Eureka a show we remember fondly. We're on episode seven this week. We will be talking about episode seven of Eureka called Blink. Mm -hmm. This was directed by Jeffrey Levi, uh, written by the creators Andrew Cosby and Jaime Paglia. And original air date was August 29th, 2006. This was six. Do math for me. How many years ago? Oh, golly. This was 16 years ago. 16 years This ago. episode of Eureka has its learner's permit. <laughs> it's ready to Watch get out, out there and learn. For those that are just joining us, if you decided for some weird reason to jump in on episode seven out of, mm. uh, out of the series so far, one, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate a new listener. Thank uh, you. And, and two, let's go ahead and like discuss our, our history with Eureka and some facts about the show, shall we? Yeah. Mel, Mel, when did when did you start like getting into Eureka? Do you think? I did watch a decent amount of Sci-Fi Channel when I was a teen, always looking mm-hmm. for something fun. I remembered the trailers for the show. I thought it looked interesting, and I believe I watched through at least season one. This was a period in my life where I watched a lot of TV. I wanted to be a TV writer when I was 16 years old. And, and eventually I just be. got to the point. I Right. Not that, you know, <laughs> never, never trample down a dream. Uh, I watched a lot of TV and then like senior year of high school, getting into college, there was a lot of stuff I had to drop just because of time. Sure. <laughs> and this was one of them. I, rem- I look fondly back on my time with Eureka, but I never watched that far into it. I have no idea what happened in the later seasons or how it ends. 
Yeah. Reverse to our experience with Lost, uh, where I kind of fell off of this, I, I kept going with Eureka. Yeah. I, it ended up getting like five seasons. I don't think I've ever seen all of the last season. Uh, let's go ahead and, and, and warn people, we're going to get into spoilers for this show. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're both going to talk about our history with the show a little bit, so uh, be prepared for spoilers about the show in case you're interested in watching it, uh, which I do yeah, highly show recommend. show as a whole. It's, yeah. Beyond this episode seven. Beware. Uh, but yeah, they do time travel twice uh, in this <laughs> show. And at some point, I just think I got a little lost in the plot lines. And I think I fell off in like season four, like maybe in the middle to the beginning. But I mean, I love all these characters. These characters are amazing. These actors are mm-hmm. great. This is a show that made me fall in love with Joe Morton. Uh, yes. But yeah, there's so much to like about the show. It's got great heart and like just just the right amount of quirky humor. It's just really well put together. Yeah, I looking back on the show, I realized I did not remember any specific episodes, but I remembered all the characters. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the characters are unforgettable. Very, very great. Uh, let's go ahead and run down some facts, shall we? Facts. Full name of the show, just Eureka, just like the town, just like the exclamation. Created by Andrew Cosby and Jaime Paglia. There were 77 total episodes and eight like webisodes oh uh, man yeah. oh i love to hear the word webisode <laughs> well now that we're doing sci-fi channel as a podcast you will mm-hmm. i'm sure i think they did like lots of webisodes so we'll find out it ran from 2006 2012 it ended up getting canceled like they knew this going into the fifth season that it was going to get canceled and the big reason was just that it was sci-fi channel's like big big show like everyone that watched sci-fi channel knew eureka but the problem was the ripping uh, the rippings the uh the ratings <laughs> <laughs> the ratings were dripping and it just wasn't getting as much watch time but it and it needs like a lot of like money to make those special effects work because this is a very sci-fi yeah. heavy show uh so yeah, just kinda, th- like, these effects aren't cheap this looks yeah. pretty good for 2006 cable tv it really does. Uh, yeah. And so they pretty much just cut their losses and be like, okay, this, I guess we're going to do one more season and we're going to be done, uh, which is a shame, but I, you know, it's a good run of a show. So I think they did a good job regardless. Yeah. Five seasons. That's healthy. It is. That's a, that's a healthy grown boy. <laughs> Country of origin was USA. There were three major production companies on this show. Uh, Universal Cable Productions, Universal Media Studios, and NBC Universal Television. NBC Universal Television Studio. Uh, all those words helped make that show. Da-da-da-da. Original channel was Sci-Fi. For adaptations, uh, there were multiple crossovers with another great show, Warehouse 13, to the point where Sci-Fi Channel was trying to create kind of like a Sci-Fi verse with all of its shows, kind of like how USA does in its commercials. But yeah, so uh, Fargo from Eureka would often go over to Warehouse 13 uh, and ah. had, had like significant relationships with some of the characters there. It's pretty good. Nice. Let's talk about the cast real quick, shall we? Yes. So we have our titular character, Jack, Sheriff Jack Carter. 
<laughs> Jack Eureka Carter. <laughs> Jack, he's the protagonist, Carter. He's the sheriff in town. He's played by Colin Ferguson. You may know him as the Maytag repairman who pretended to be mm-hmm. a washing machine in that one commercial. <laughs> We've all seen it. We've all seen it. Uh, Sally Richardson Whitfield as Allison Blake. Uh, Erica Sarah as Joe Lupo. Neil Grayston as Douglas Fargo, the lovable rascal. And wonderful, wonderful boy, Joe Martin as Henry Deacon. I uh, fell in love with Joe Martin through this show. I don't think I know him significantly also as dad of Cyborg in the new uh-huh. in the Justice League movie. But he's also had like other roles that I didn't know. Like he's uh, Captain McMahon in Speed and Miles Dyson in Terminator 2. <laughs> I was visiting our parents some time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. We were watching Speed, and I didn't know anything about Speed except for the premise of Speed. Bus go too fast. Sandra Bullock drive. <laughs> and I'm watching the credits, and I saw, oh, Joe Morton is in this. And I almost expected the door to our parents' house to open, and you were just there like, hey, guys, I just, something told me I should just come over today. How are you? What's going on? Oh, <laughs> Joe Morton. I th- I'll, I'll sit down. That must be it. Like, I imagine any time I'm watching anything with Joe Morton in it, a signal goes up into the sky and you are called. <laughs> he's just very good at what he does. Uh, he is. He's He has such an interesting character arc on this show, too. Uh, but yeah, he, he, gets, like, he gets dark in later seasons. It's fun. We also have uh, Chris uh, Gauthier as Vincent, the... the Manager of Cafe Diem, Jordan Danger as Zoe Carter, uh, later seasons, Neil Matter as Zane Donovan, Ed Quinn as Nathan Stark. Just a lot of very good characters. Oh, and who can forget uh, real life Max Headroom as Jim Taggart? Yes! Yes, Matt Frewer. Yeah, Matt Frewer, the actor who did play uh, Max Headroom, uh, plays this, he plays this like. Uh, wild hunter like a like a like a technological craven the hunter in this show uh and he does a great job yeah if you're not familiar with the show eureka is about a small town in i think it's oregon where i believe so all all of the scientists all of the the mad scientists the secret government projects Everybody works on everything within Eureka in this contained secret city that if you stumbled on it, uh, it it looks like just a normal city, maybe a little quirky, weird obsession with science. There's like statues, Archimedes around town, Uh, but behind a bunch of force fields and, and shields and cloaks, top secret government science is happening here happens here to keep it secret and to keep any wild accidents that might happen contained to one small city in the Oregon forest. And U.S. Marshal Jack Carter stumbles in here, gets caught up in a mystery. They need a new sheriff. It's him. This guy who doesn't know anything about science has to move to Eureka and try and keep all these mad scientists in line. Yes. There's a lot to like about the show. It has like, this town has like a great small town vibe. Uh, where yes. he's just like th- the local sheriff who's like buddies with everyone. Like, oh, you know, you can't be doing that. You got to slow down on the road, I'm, my friend. Like, just very mm. like very chatty, friendly uh, police. 
but Jack is is immediately very just like I am not as smart as you, and you just have to deal with that, okay? But I have an right. idea, and listen to me. Uh, yeah, he's like, I'm never going to catch up to you, but like I know crimes. You yeah, know, if a, if a kid's missing, I know how to find a kid. I don't know any of the science stuff that the kid might be into, but I know where a kid might hide. Yeah, so like a lot of this show is just like. Oh no, big science problem. But Jack's on the case. He'll get it solved his way. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's real good. I don't know what to tell you. You can watch the show too, by the way. It's on um, Amazon Prime. You, uh, all, you can do you, this. Audience, you? you can. You, right there. Yeah, you. Sitting in your chair. You can, you can watch uh, all of Eureka on Amazon Prime, which is where we watched it. So... Mm-hmm. Or you could have the DVDs, and you should because look at this show. But let's uh, let's give them another quick refresher. Let's watch the intro to the show. Um, yeah, we found we found a fun video for the intro of the show uh, on YouTube <laughs> where a person has put themselves into the uh, the opening. Uh, and he's like, "Here's here's the theme of this hit show on Sci-Fi starring me," and he just replaces J- Carter with him. But otherwise, right. the intro is the same. Uh, so we'll go we'll go ahead and lay that uh music under us as a bed and for those for jams in Mm -hmm. the future i'm gonna hit play in three two one play there he is so we've got this sort of simple uh cut out digital animation there's photos of people and you just see jacks well in this case it's somebody named Corey owens Standing yeah. on the street, we look around at the city of Eureka, and things look normal. Like, there's there's somebody putting gas into a car, and then the camera zooms out, and it's a hover car. And then all the buildings float up in the air. There's been a gravity malfunction. Oh, no. Yeah, so, so yeah, the intro is just very, like, that kid's d- delivering a paper. Oh, wait, he's using a robot arm to do it. That guy's mowing his lawn. Oh, wait, he's using heat. Like a very like floating heat ray to do it. Uh, yeah. That person's carrying groceries and walking their dogs. No, a floating robot's walking their dogs for them. Just a lot of the like very cute robot. like little cute cutouts as they move around this this space. Uh, the music yeah. is so peaceful. Yeah, there's a, a the name. I think the the music was created for the show. Excellent. Yeah, the name of the of the song is just called Eureka on My Mind by Bear McCreary. McCreary? Oh. That's that's a composer's know? name I recognize. Don't know the other credits, but I know I've heard that name elsewhere. One sec. Oh, he's so intimidating looking. Wow. A composer doesn't have to look this cool. I'm glad you do. Let's see, heated stuff for Battlestar Galactica, oh. Black Sails, what else is Outlander, he done? 10 Cloverfield Lane, Happy Godzilla. Death Day, I've seen Go- that. Yeah, Child's Play, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, oh, and television specifically. Oh my god, he composed Doomstar Requiem with Brendan Small for Metalocalypse. Whoa! That's huge. That's a great uh, little TV movie. It's a Black Mirror. And Masters of the Universe Revelation featuring the voice talent of Griffin Newman. 
Who is he in Masters of the Universe? He's Orko. Oh, that's wonderful for him. <laughs> Great for anybody to be an Orko. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Bear McCreary. Is there a pronunciation? No, just do your best. Uh, Bear McCreary has a long list of cool mu- compo- composition credits. That's awesome. Right. Um, Keep your ears out for Bear. For Bear. All right. Shall we get into the episode? Yes. We are 30 minutes into this recording. (laughs) (laughs) April Fool's jokes on you. (laughs) No, no, we've always been doing this podcast. Shush, shush. (laughs) This episode starts with Vincent. Which I'm always happy to see. Vincent's a character, not a, not a very prominent character. He just runs the local diner. But I've always yeah. remembered Vincent. He's so kind. And the best thing about Cafe DM is he's like, I can make anything you want. If you order it, I will go back there, prepare it, and bring it out to you. And I love that. Mm-hmm. It's like the Star Trek, uh, what do they call those? Um, oh, the... um. The, the the hollow chin. No, it's not. They're not eating hollow food. It's real food. Replicator. It's the replicator. Yeah. Vincent is a human replicator for food. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's just wonderful. But yeah, it's it's the morning. Everyone's settling into Cafe DM for breakfast. Uh, and we see our, our characters, Sheriff Jack Carter and his daughter Zoe are like having breakfast. And Zoe is kind of like mocking jack's interest in like baseball like learn to like more than one american sport jack (laughs) he wants to start a baseball league in town and she's like dad nobody thinks baseball is as cool as you think it is yeah exactly uh and zoe is like mocking or no jack is mocking back in zoe's like taste in clothes and she's like what do you you don't you're not relevant to my taste in clothes anyway why what do you care? As long as I'm not wearing a thong. And she pronounces <laughs> this word and uh, Jack recoils in parental creep. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, and then Zoe just says it more just like thong, 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 thong. And turns around and a cute boy with Robbie Rotten hair looks at her. Yes. And, uh, and they make eye contact and that's probably the boy crush of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack turns to Vincent and says, hey, I heard something about there being a town meeting today. Do you know when or where? And Vincent says, here and now. And he pulls out his phone <laughs> and Henry well, apparently gives everyone, the entire town. Hmm? Everyone pulls out little like iPod nanos. Like these are like little. Oh, yes. They're like they're not phones. They're like, I mean, maybe they are, but they're like little like two inch by one inch squares of aluminum. That have a little screen on them. Right. I, unclear what else they're used for. Maybe we will come to see it as we watch the rest of Eureka. But apparently every Monday morning, Henry just gives you the Monday morning minute. And, and every citizen watches this on their tiny iPod. What's the minute? And mm-hmm. one of these news items for today is that, hey, if you're interested in running for mayor of Eureka next month, talk to <laughs> Allison. Yeah, we yeah. still take mayoral candidates a month out from the election. And how do you sign up? <laughs> you talk to the head of Global Dynamics. She'll do this it. Is, She'll get this you is set even up. Like, 
This isn't related to the episode's plot. This is just a throwaway line, which yeah. I'm surprised there isn't an episode about the mayor. I don't think they ever talk about that. Ooh. Mayor's also a robot. I think we've learned that's the secret behind everything in Eureka. A robot did it. Robot did it. Oops, robot. Jack, you gotta fight it. <laughs> Throw dirt in its eyes. Like only Jack could. <laughs> Pocket uh, sand. Ha! So the Henry's presenting the Monday Minute, and he's like, oh, by the way, let's welcome into town uh, Sheriff Jack Carter. He's new to town. And then Jack is like, smi- like, like smiling, and then somewhere a camera is looking at him from like an angle he wasn't expecting. <laughs> And he's like, oh, uh, hi, I'm actually here. Hello. And like does like a very awkward, like, I, I'm new to town and I'm I'm just like you, but I'm your sheriff. I also want to start a baseball game. If anyone wants to start baseball. And Henry <laughs> just kind of like interrupts him. And he's like, we, we don't have time. The minute's already up. So he's like, all right. Uh, Mayor, uh, new sheriff, baseball. See you next week. Uh, and closes the, the channel. I think then we cut to global dynamics. Global dynamics. Global dynamics. Global dynamics, uh, otherwise known as GD, is just kind of like the Area 51 of the city. Yeah. Uh, which they make fun of. They mention Area 51 in another episode, and they're like, oh, they wish they had our security. Uh, mm-hmm. So Area 51 is canon in this. And it's just kind of like this like super secret, but... Super secret to the world, but everyone in town is like, oh, yeah, Global Dynamics. I'll probably work there one day kind of deal. So if there's a problem in town, they go to Global Dynamics uh, every episode kind of deal. Yep. And we we see Nathan Stark, who's a character that I only remembered in my head. I said I remembered most of these characters pretty well, but for him, he was just like, there was a handsome man in a suit, and I don't remember what he does, but I remember he was very handsome, and here he is. His name is Nathan Stark, and he is the ex-husband of Allison, who is the head of Global Dynamics. She's one of the first people Jack meets um, when he comes into town. She's not and... the head of Glo- Global Dynamics. She oh, is she's... the the liaison for like uh, yes, the Department of Defense. Yes, that's it. Nathan but is the head like of Global Dynamics. Right, that's what it is. Yeah, she's the head and that she's like, she, she tells them if what they're doing is illegal. Exactly, yeah, that's what she does. Uh, later in the show, I think they do make her like head of GD. Uh, but that's that's like season two or three. But yeah, they're like chatting. Like in at this point in the show, they have like just re-met after so many years. And they're just kind of like firing like, half-ass flirts off at each other but also being like i also we left i left you for a reason and we're not going to rehash this i'll see you later Um, yeah they also talk about allison's son kevin Mm. Uh, and they they put like capitalization on on allison's son kevin being autistic there's a lot of different forms of autism out in the world and only Mm. the people that have autism should be the ones to speak at them, speak about them in length, I think. But in this show, Kevin like hardly speaks to anyone. But in the first episode, he saves everyone with his like super fast brain. Uh, so he's just like, he's different. He's really smart, but he won't talk to me kind of deal. So Kevin, so Allison and Nathan are talking about 
he's on this new trial drug and the it seems to be going well but we're in a double blind study so neither of us know if he's taking the drug or not mm-hmm. uh from there we cut to jack dropping zoe off at school she goes to i think tesla high school and yeah. it's just it's imagine a regular high school and then imagine a high school where you are literally the dumbest person there and not and yes. that's not even like she is the dumbest person there with a regular intelligence so she has like a lot of pressure on her there and it's uh makes for a lot of good like plot story later in the show yeah this is a place where as she's walking down the hallway cheerleaders are gossiping about physics and yeah. a, a nerd bullies a jock there's a, a banner at one point in the background a banner for like some school festival that says come as your favorite chemist <laughs> you know come your favorite come to our chemistry larp Mel, name one chemist marie curie yeah that's my that's my chemist too <laughs> <laughs> Come to my Marie Curie party. We're all Marie Curie. The one <laughs> chemist. So after Jack drops Zoe off at school, he gets a call from Joe, uh, who is aka Deputy Joe Lupo, who is this... She's she's like a little shorter than him with like a very tight ponytail. Like she is yeah. super smart about guns and warfare and stuff like that. And she was like, she's ex-armed armed forces and all that kind of stuff. So she's like, <laughs> but she also still has like a little bit of a feminine side, and it's 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 a fun, uh, fun context for the character. Yeah, yeah. As soon as the Carters land into town, uh, Joe and Zoe become quick friends, and that's nice to yeah. see. It is. It's it's a lot of these characters pass the Bechdel test. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. called Jack to the site of a hit and run where uh, they've got this car that was crashed into, but it doesn't look like it was crashed into by another car. They look at the damage and they wonder, this might have been a very large animal. Like, did a, a, a deer or a moose or a bear or something like come out of the forest and hit this car? And as they're looking around for evidence, Taggart rises up from the ground <laughs> with a headlamp on. Here comes Max Ta- Headroom. Right. <laughs> Right, like he's just, and I'd say rises up, not like he comes out of like a little platform or something, but like there's Jack and and Joe standing there and then just behind them, just vertically rising up. You don't see him enter frame like he was already there, like he was already crouching on the ground. Here is Taggart, and he's like, I think you're looking for a Bigfoot. (laughs) Yeah, and so he's going on about like, Americanus Bigfooticus, something like the Latin names, uh, and he's give, he he gives he's a hunter, but he gives everything very like very high reverence to all of the animals he mm. hunts. Uh, he's very respectable, and they're like trying they're like following this path in the woods next to where this car accident was of like broken branches, and they they follow the path and they find this like mangled up body. By the way, uh, content warning for the show: this this can get a little gory. There is like blood and gore on in the show. Um, yeah, did not exceptionally, but more than I was expecting for a 2006 cable TV program. Yeah, so there's <laughs> like a, a, a largely a family audience. Like you can watch this largely. with like your fourth grader. Yeah, 
So yeah, there's this pretzeled up body like in this ditch, uh, and they go ahead and and call Henry. Uh, Henry is both the town like mechanic in and the town everything else. He, we already yeah. see him like doing being the town DJ. Uh, he <laughs> he mentions in episode one that he runs his garage, his mechanic garage, as a hobby. Because he's like retired from building space engines and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. space shuttles, and so he's like, he comes up, he's like, "All right, I'm the coroner now," uh, and, and like helps do CSI <laughs> for the body and all that. Uh, Any job that is not explicitly already taken by another character, Joe <laughs> Henry does that job. Joe yeah, Morton, the- personally, the man does that job. We don't know all his skills. Yeah. And I, that's one of the things I love about Henry is that no matter what the context is for the episode, Henry's there giving like his two bits of advice. Uh, and also, like, <laughs> he's like on the same comedic wavelength with Jack, with Jack which I really like mm. about their their friendship is that yeah. uh, Henry knows that Jack isn't the smartest, but he still like knows how to make jokes with him. And they're they're very like buddy buddy. And I love that. So Henry's like, okay, so every bone in this man's body is broken. We assume it's a man. I think I think they find out it's a man. Uh, and they're like, this isn't an animal attack. An animal wouldn't break every bone in the body and leave none of the meat. And Jack says it's almost like he fell out of a plane only ho- horizontally because he <laughs> just went racing across the ground. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I also noticed while we were uh, taking, while I was watching the opening, the opening credits of the show are in papyrus. <laughs> Something I've seen in no other show. Is that the smartest font? <laughs> it's certainly the font. It is a font choice. The uh, fontiest font you can imagine. Papyrus. Absolutely. Uh, so they find like a little like chip, like a little like tracking chip embedded mm. in their wrist. And like, okay, so this is probably someone that either works at Global Dynamics or is working on a project at Global Dynamics. Uh, and he's like test test running it for them. Uh, so Carter calls up Allison, and Allison is right away like, yes, I want first base. Like, I heard all about the MLB, stuff you want to do. <laughs> uh, I want in. They always put me yeah. uh they always put me in the field, but I can do a first base. He's like, slow down. I I love that. But I need your right. help with this corpse. With this corpse, I found. I love that Allison takes his request to start a baseball team seriously. She's very enthusiastic. Yeah. Yes, I would love to play baseball with you. Absolutely. We get back over to Global Dynamics, where Fargo, a sweet little scientist, is meeting with Nathan. Uh, he, his team, and another team are both working on. Uh, an anti-missile shield and he's falling a little bit behind he's really self-conscious about it but he gets there to nathan's office for the meeting he gets he comes into the office like very like weak and tired (laughs) and like he just like he just like wanders in sits in a chair and like slumps down on nathan's (laughs) desk uh like he's like falling asleep in class and I yeah. love Nathan. I love Nathan's like little quips because he's like, "Oh, you comfortable, Fargo? Can I offer you a beverage?" Uh, <laughs> just very like sarcastically, but very good. Uh, and yeah, Fargo explains that like we like 
We're competing with a Section 5 team. These guys are the best of the best. They get access to all the materials they want. They have better equipment than we do. Mm-hmm. And Nathan's pretty much just saying, like, you know, you know, competition breeds excellence. And and, and then Fargo says, tell that to Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> yes. Fargo's feeling down on himself, but it, he says, well, at least I'm early for this meeting. I, I can say that about my performance here at work. I beat the other guy here. You know, it looks like he's going to be late for the meeting. And then suddenly his rival scientist, Dr. Hauk, is just there. Suddenly, very quickly, he is there. And Fargo's like, where'd you come from? He comes in like right at uh, nine and 30, like not even 30 seconds, like 10 seconds earlier, we see him in a scene at Vincent's, like finishing up a cup of coffee. Yeah, he's fast. I I have plenty of time to get to work. And then he's at work. So they're doing a walk and talk with Nathan. And Nathan's pretty much like, okay, I knew our deadline was Friday. Uh, but we really need this in time for, uh, you know, the big wigs in the army to come take a look and give us more money. Uh, so the deadline is now tomorrow night. Uh, and Fargo, like, pretty much, like, huddles with his team. is like, okay, it's deadline's tomorrow. We need to, like, really crack down. We need to give it at all. And more than anything, we need to cheat. We need to cheat right now. <laughs> and this is, like... A great insight into, like, Fargo's character. Like, he's definitely, mm-hmm. like, incredibly smart and, like, very inventive. He invents and, like, f- like fiddles with a lot of stuff throughout the show. Um, he is the problem boy for a lot of the show. Like, oh, no, Fargo <laughs> actually activated uh, an ancient war game thing. And now we have to <laughs> cancel it uh, before the world gets destroyed. And that's Fargo's fault. Uh, it's Fargo's fault is the plot for a lot of episodes. But at the same time, he's just very like, you know, I just want to get science done and like do my own thing. I want to succeed. He's a very sweet character. If I knew his full name, it's Fargo, isn't it? I mean, it's Douglas, isn't it? Is that his given name? Is it Douglas? It's Douglas Fargo. Yeah. Douglas Problem Boy Fargo. (laughs) (laughs) I love that is I love that is the description of the character. You know, you've got your protagonist, uh, you, you've got your love interest, you've got your problem boy. You've got <laughs> there's always a problem boy, and it's Fargo. Right. Uh so back at the crash site, uh Jack is like getting like a bad feeling about all this, and then suddenly like three big GD black vans arrive. They swipe up the body. Uh, Nathan and Jack have their usual, like, back and forth, like, nipping at each other with insults and threats. Uh, Yeah. Adverse to, like, Henry and Jack's relationship, uh, Jack and Nathan's relationship is very, like, they don't like each other, but they also have a lot of fun, like, arguing with each other, like, visibly. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's very interesting. This is Jack's second favorite sport after baseball. (laughs) he's trading insults with nathan it is uh and he pretty much says jack says something about like putting his foot up his ass and nathan's like now sheriff we're grown men i think we're a little bit more evolved than that and jack like stomps away and says will you overestimate me (laughs) which is (laughs) classic jack classic yeah that is that's the whole show classic jack Getting a getting a threat wrong, and everyone looking at him, be like, <laughs> you are stupid, aren't you? 
Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to say, like, I'm the law. Don't snoop it. You know, don't sweep in here with all your science stuff. Like, this is a crime. We've got a, a dead body. I'm going to figure it out. And Nathan's like, this man worked in Section 5 where I'm the law. But mm. before they're able to take him away, Henry takes a pen out of his pocket and uses the pen to just do a quick MRI scan because he's got yep. that built into a pen. <laughs> yeah, he he does like a, yeah, he just takes like a quick like zoop. That's, he's got the body. Uh, mm-hmm. And then back at the station. <laughs> yeah. Kinda... They go back to the sheriff's station and Henry displays the MRI. He like beams it out of his pen like a projector. This mm-hmm. full life-size MRI like body scan of, of this victim uh, displays it like over Carter's desk and... It, he projects it like at, over all the items on his desk, and after he like takes it away, Jack like looks at his coffee on his desk like he thinks it's gross and he doesn't want to drink it anymore. <laughs> I love that this guy is so skittish around science that if a hologram touched something, he's like, "Nah, I think it's poison now. It'll give yeah. me a cancer." I love Colin Ferguson's portrayal of Jack in this show. He's just <laughs> just a really fun character. Uh, with mm-hmm. a lot of great lines. The writing in this is great. So yeah, the hologram of the body isn't done. Like, it's still computing in the pen. Yeah. And they, and Henry's going to have to get it back to his garage to up the processing power to get it done sooner. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jack and Joe go back to the woods to look around, see if GD missed anything. Uh, Nathan goes to Section 5, which is required to be bathed in red light at all times. Uh, <laughs> That's how so you he, know it's dangerous. Yeah, we see the other main lead of this uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. project, Dr. Hook, uh, Hauk, I think it's Hauk, actually. Uh, mm. Dr. Hauk, and he's just like, what's going on here? What happened to uh, so-and-so that, that left the other day, Hawthorne or whatever? And he's like, well, think, I, I have to say Hawthorne couldn't take the pressure and I sent him home. And they're like, well, Hawthorne's been found dead. So uh, <laughs> you're going to need to finish up the shield array that I really need. And then we'll investigate murder later. But know that you're on thin ice, mister. Mm-hmm. And right after Nathan leaves, uh, uh, the doctor is like, well, we're going to need to juice up even more if we need to uh, make that deadline. And they take little eyedroppers and like put mm. drops in their eyes and then set it on the table and go back to work. Meanwhile, Fargo is a fly. He is piloting <laughs> a little robot fly flying around Section 5, sees them take the eyedrops and like uses the fly to like ram it into the trash and bingo. And then we cut away. Yeah, later in the episode, we see him digging through the trash to find this, like, little drug bottle <laughs> that he yeah. managed to nudge in there. That was his scheme. He's like, if they, he's like, if they're taking a drug that makes them fast, I don't care if it's dangerous. I also want the drug. I want to be yeah. fast. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it, when in that scene, I could only look at him and be like, how much fun was it to, like, get him like all dressed up in garbage for this for this shot oh man because he's got like purple he's got like purple paste all over him and tons of like shredded paper oh no (laughs) they made gooey gus and eureka 
Gooey Gus, a <laughs> reference to origin uh, story. <laughs> Gooey Gus, a reference to another show from a different podcast in another timeline. Don't worry about right. it. Two other yeah. siblings. We don't know them. Different Melissa we, and James. We don't no relation. We don't know them. We choose to not know them. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, back in the woods, Jack and Joe find an ear wedged in a tree. <laughs> uh, uh, and he asks her, he's like, hey, Joe, do you have a knife so I can dig this out? And she opens up a <laughs> flap in her tactical vest and she has three very large knives just strapped across her torso. Yeah. And he's like, all right. Yeah, dumb, dumb question. But yeah, they, they, they chisel out this ear and they put it in an evidence bag. And now they have something to give to Henry to test for maybe a possible juicing. Also, back at Tesla High, we see mm. Zoe like doing the walking around, being intimidating uh, by all the, the smart people in the school. And then we bump into uh, Robbie Rotten Jr., uh, a.k.a. Dylan. And <laughs> Dylan has very tall hair, which is why I call him Robbie Rotten Jr., Ex- very... No, I'm happy. This is this is exactly what I also thought. This boy That's is great. like a pompadour so intense, it does look like a super villain. Yes. <laughs> and they bump into each other and Dylan explains like, yeah, my, my parents are both like very well uh, received scientists and physicists. Puts a lot of pressure on a person. I understand if you're having trouble here at school, I'd be happy to tutor you. And they exchange flirts. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. as teenagers do at this time. Jack takes this ear that he found to Henry's garage where Henry does all of his science, mechanical and non. And Henry is running different test simulations with a crash test dummy. <laughs> Love yeah. to see a crash test dummy. That's a very nostalgic image for me. Mm-hmm. And Carter looks at it and he says, why does it look like me? And Henry's like, it's a generic face. And then Jack doesn't doesn't look like he's like, oh, I'm generic. <laughs> like we get like two but beats before we cut to the scene. Henry, uh, he's been running these simulations and he believes that this dead body that they found must have been running extremely fast when he hit the car. Like this wasn't a car that hit a man. This was a man that hit a car and wrecked a car. Yeah, he was going 588 miles per hour is what Henry said. And Jack asked Henry, like, is this something we could test for? And he's like, well, if only I had the body. And then he holds up an ear. Uh, and Henry's just like, <laughs> he's like, gets all giggly. Like, yes, let's do it. I'll test this <laughs> ear. It's bros hanging out, running tests on a loose ear. Uh, yeah. He does these tests and he tells Jack that it looks like the scientist uh, was drugging himself to get him to move faster, you know, to get him to do everything faster, to work faster, to accomplish business faster, but to run faster, mm-hmm. to run faster in such a disastrous way that it completely killed him and wrecked some car. And Jack's yeah. like, okay, so if somebody's like drugging themselves with fast juice, how do I tell besides them being fast? Like, what do I look for? And Henry says, they're moving so fast like their metabolism's different. You're going to look for somebody who is excessively hungry. And so Jack goes to the global dynamics cafeteria. And we see Dr. Hauk and his colleagues sit down with huge platters of pizza and hot dog and burgers and multiple small cups of soda. 
not yeah. one big soda <laughs> each, many small sodas. And they we spend a little too long on just the sounds of them eating. <laughs> and it it sucks. <laughs> and Jack goes right over to him and he's got yeah. that hologram pen. And just like how Henry did to his coffee, he projects this gross dead body over all of their food. And he's like, I want to know what drug this guy was on and which one of you killed him. Yeah, like very <laughs> straight out. to the point. And Allison is just kind of looking at him very like, you didn't have to do that. You could have done that a little more delicately. <laughs> uh, I think uh, we get we cut to commercial and we come back. And Nathan walks down. He's like, hey, what are you doing showing these boys, these nice boys, a corpse you found? Uh, what you doing that for? And Nathan asks for, like, probable cause if you're going to, you know, take these men and arrest them. And <laughs> Jack just points at them and he's like, these guys are eating way too much. <laughs> this is my evidence. Yeah. And then Fargo Flash runs in and he eats one giant muffin and they're like, oh, oh Fargo did it too. Yeah, he runs in, uh, like we get flash effects and then we see him like running in pace, in place as he's like looking around like speedily and he's like darting around the room and knocking things back with like wind current and like people like walk, like, sta- like standing back aghast. Uh, and yeah, he gets a similar sized plate of food and devours a muffin (laughs) (laughs) then we go see the carters at home yes and we meet one of my favorite characters somebody who i remember dearly sarah we love sarah sarah is the smart house that the carters live in uh Mm. this is as part of you know, the deal getting Jack to suddenly move to this town and be its sheriff. They get this yeah. prototype smart house that Fargo helped design. And the, the joke is, is what does Sarah stand for again? It is an acronym. I think uh, you had it up on the, the Wikipedia earlier. Give me one moment. Oh, self-actuated residential automated habitat. Yes. So <laughs> Fargo helped build the smart house they came up with this acronym name. It spells Sarah. Of course, the smart house has got to talk. Did he hire a lady to be the voice of this house? No. It is Fargo. He's just pitched his voice to sound more feminine. Yeah. It's it's very funny because it's very easy to forget this is this actor right? doing a second role in the show. Yeah. Because Sarah like is a character in this show. Like She has uh, plot devices that are tied to her in the future episodes. Yeah, I like Sarah. I like Sarah as a character and as a setting. Yeah, yes. Uh, but yeah, it's a very fancy house. Uh, it's it's in like this bunker, so you have to go downstairs to get to it. The fridge like rotates and becomes a wall. Uh, dispenses beer and projects baseball games for Jack to watch, and it's it's a very cool set. I like the set a lot. Hmm. Zoe uh, comes home from school. She's brought Dylan with her. And and Jack's like, hold on. A boyfriend? A handsome boyfriend? And (laughs) it's like, dad sensors go off. Yeah. Yeah. And and Zoe's like, don't worry. He's just here to tutor me in chemistry. (laughs) Yeah. So so Jack does. He does. He does this. I'll give credit to Jack. He only does this once. 
He does mm. the whole like, you know, I have a gun, uh, yeah. and I I'm a pretty good shot. And so he's like, okay, Dad, goodbye. We'll be upstairs. And he's like, yes, I know. I'll I'll be uh, I'll be around, and I'll be able to hear anything that happens. <laughs> like very clear to Dylan. Like, do not mess with this. Mm, even though Dylan's just like very normal. Like, like this is all like Zoe's plot. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're up studied, studying in Zoe's room, and Jack is like on the couch, just like filling out reports, and he's looking at the uh, tube of uh, eye drops that they got from Fargo. Mm. They left uh, everyone that took that drug to stew and like just kind of like come down from this drug uh, back yeah. in GD. And so he knows they're all like locked away, but all of a sudden someone super fast comes in. Uh, I think they swipe the uh, yeah. eye drops evidence and they write on the wall back off. Uh, and then Zoe and Dylan come downstairs like, what was that sound? Like, what happened? And we cut to Jack being being angry dad. And he's like, oh, these <laughs> people, someone was in my house. And we see the interrogation room. Uh, of Dr. Hauk and we we get like a nice little interrogation scene where he's like so he he goes in with Joe uh while Allison and Nathan are outside watching and uh Dr. Hauk is like sitting in this chair in like a big like blank room and he's just like shivering and like doing like slight high speed movements which is really cool and uh, they're like trying. Jack is like playing like good cop, like whatever you need, like I'll get it for you. Just let me know what I need to know. Like who is manufacturing this? How did you get a hold of it? All that kind of stuff. Uh, and he's like, if I walk out that door, all of your options go away. And then we wait two beats. And he's like, all right. And he starts walking out. And Dr. Hauk is like, hold on. This wasn't supposed to get this bad. It was just supposed to help us like keep up and he starts uh admitting what happened but as he does his voice gets deeper and slower until it comes to like a crawl and to the point that it's inaudible with his mouth hanging open and nathan's like well this must be a side effect of uh whatever drug they took but carter carter is a classic old-fashioned interrogator Mm -hmm. and he was tape recording the whole thing so they take right. the tape recorder. Somebody, somebody asks him, what did he say? And Jack says, I don't know, but my assistant might. And then Joe presumes he's talking about her. And she's like, don't ever call me that. And Jack <laughs> pulls the tape recorder out of his pocket. This is his assistant. Yeah. And so he, he plays back the recording of Dr. Hauk, but speeds it up so that they can hear it like normal. Yes. Uh, and they find out the name of the drug is MPH. Uh, which stands for a long chemical, like methoprohopylene <laughs> hecobotopy. It stands for meal, Patrick Harris. <laughs> Come get your meal, Patrick Harris's. Get three <laughs> square meal, Patrick Harris's a day. Meal ready to Patrick Harris. <laughs> meal ready to Patrick Harris. That's what they send our boys, uh, send off with our boys <laughs> when, they, when they go to fight. Uh, Allison realizes that this drug is an amped up, like super concentrated version of the drug that her son Kevin is on, or supposedly would be on in this drug trial. 
and Nathan admits that he cheated the double blind. Like he checked to see if he was on the placebo or not. And it Mm -hmm. turns out that he is. So he's like, oh, don't worry, Allison. And Allison is like mad that her kid might have gotten exposed to this drug and also mad that he she put him in this risky drug trial and he was wasn't getting the drug. It's complicated emotions for Allison. Yeah, it's it's also like a weird plot line because this is only the the only two points of this plot line is like he's on the drug trial. Don't worry, he wasn't on the drug trial. That's it for that for that plot line. Uh, but other than that, yeah. So yeah, he wasn't on it, and Allison is is relieved but angry. But now that they know someone is taking this drug from its base form and yeah. cooking it to turn it into MPH this like speed drug and they check to see who has access to this base form of this drug. And Nathan's like, Oh, this could be a lot of people like scientists, uh, professors, student interns. And Jack's like, wait, student interns. My daughter's boyfriend is a student intern. (laughs) And I really like that. He immediately jumps to, he is her boyfriend and I am okay with that. Like he immediately like doesn't doesn't say like her friend. He says her boyfriend and respects that immediately. <laughs> it's funny that this is a boy he has seen once. They've been in town for like a week, and he's like, "That must be her boyfriend. They must be there." Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, but you're it's, right. He isn't like, oh, that's some punk kid that my daughter brought around. Yeah. He's like, that might be her sincere boyfriend. I don't know. Yeah. So Jack is like freaking out. And he, like, races off to the high school to find uh, Zoe and Dylan. Only finds Zoe. And Zoe's like, why are you looking for Dylan? We only kissed once. And Jack is like, I will process that later. Meanwhile, (laughs) uh, you got to come with me. And he takes Zoe off and they're driving. And Jack is, like, explaining how MPH works. And Zoe's like, there can't be a drug that makes you super fast. That's just not real. And she's like playing with his baseball and he takes it from her. Like it is real. And like, this is what happened. And then uh, we see the front of the car and we hear the door open and close. And Jack is no longer driving the car. (laughs) (laughs) And Zoe's like, where are you? And like grabs the wheel. And like, we see her like kind of swerve and we cut to Jack like, waking up on a like pebble beach somewhere Mm. around eureka by like a river and jack is like waking up groggily and we cut to a hyper zoomed in shot of dylan like half of his face one eye most of his nose at his mouth like he shouldn't have got in my way And I didn't remember this episode, and I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't remember who it, how it ended and who was the culprit. I was surprised that it really was Dylan, and he wasn't yeah. like a red herring for some final like third act. It was me the whole time. Yeah. No, yeah, it was really him. Uh, and he's he's just yelling like, you should have backed off. I need something to like you don't, to keep up. You don't know what it's like feeling like uh you're not the smartest one in in town and jack's like me yeah no i wouldn't i wouldn't know what that's like you're right uh and speed robbie uh just kind of like runs over and like decks him and zips back and jack's like you need to not do that anymore that sucks i hate that and he and he looks up and dylan stole his gun 
and suddenly Zoe like runs into the fray and uh, she's like yelling like Dylan we're over <laughs> do not shoot my dad <laughs> like please like like cut this out and Jack is like also like you don't want to do this son like put the gun down and we see like uh, Dylan try to shoot the gun but he's clearly never held a gun before doesn't know yeah. how it works throws it to the side and then just starts like jogging and like running at Carter and we get this great shot of Carter pulling the baseball out of his pocket <laughs> like rearing up like a pitcher would and gives like a straight down the line uh, pitch decking Dylan in the face and like doing that things where his head goes flying back and his body <laughs> follows. Uh, yep. And we get this great shot where Carter is in like pitching position. Uh, Dylan is in midair and in the background is like a little Zoe in the distance, like with her arms up. Yeah. Like, Everyone stop. It's a nice shot. Yeah, it's this is good cinematography in the show. It, yeah, good cinematography and a nice shot from Jack to, to hit a target with a baseball. Earlier yeah. when you said that this is a town full of science problems and Jack solves them his own Jack way, this yeah. is truly it. This <laughs> a is super it. fast boy is running at him. He's like, I can throw a baseball. America's <laughs> pastime. America's pastime. Solving problems today. So, of course... Zoe yells at, at Dylan's knocked out body. We are so broken up. Back at Global Dynamics, Nathan's like, you know, despite uh, some people turning it into a dangerous drug, I think we should still continue the drug trial we were doing. I think that might be helpful. Yeah, he like, uh, makes have... a shady phone call in the dark right. in his office. Like, start, <laughs> start trials on new on Morally MPH2. shady and... And visually shady, not many yeah. lights. Exactly. And the episode ends with the baseball game. Jack got that baseball game started. It's the protons versus the neutrons. They're yep. playing at quantum field, but this isn't his style of baseball. You've got like a little, like, you hold like a hilt instead of a full bat. You hold a hilt like a lightsaber and it's got like <laughs> a hollow bat and you used to hit like a hollow ball and everybody's wearing like a VR headset He's real bummed out that it's not real baseball, but they do all of real baseball uniforms. They yeah, take every I, other part of this very seriously. They have helmets on, and I'm like, why are you? Why are, I understand the uniforms because that's you know uniforms, but like a helmet, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just like how she said earlier, Allison is very good at baseball. <laughs> she was true. Yeah, Jack uh, Taggart pitches the first ball at Jack. He like almost hits it out of the park and then Fargo like jumps up and snags it out of the air. Uh, and Jack is like very disappointed, walks off. Allison gets on the plate, knocks it out of the park. Everyone in the, in the stands erupts and Henry is like, now this is baseball. But um, bum. And I think Carter says like his last night is like, I'll never get used to this town. <laughs> He could Something say that at the end of every episode. Every right. But yeah, Eureka. That's, that's Eureka episode seven, Blink. Right. Out, out of the many episodes of Eureka that we have covered and will cover. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, we will uh, keep going. I think there's like 12 episodes in season one. Uh, it ends. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk spoilers. Season one ends with a uh, cut to like tw- like 10 years later, like five years later, where like Jack and Allison are dating because they are always flirting. Yeah, uh, yeah like I remember Kevin this is- now. Kevin is visibly older and like casually talking to Zoe like brother and sister. And then they all find out this future wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, and they have to go back, except uh, Henry remembers everything and Carter doesn't. Uh, wow. And that's where oh, we start man. to build the villainous, like Henry, like you should have let me have this. Like it's, it's, it's gets so good. Uh, and then season two starts with a spontaneous combustion episode. Oh, uh, good. But yeah, such such a good show. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us rant about the show. Every every episode we do for uh, Eureka, we do still just like chat about the show because it's all so good. Uh, mm-hmm. There's something incredibly charming about this show. And yeah, I I think if you would if you like kind of quirky. I guess like crime dramas almost. I think you would like this show. Yeah, the soft crime drama, like a psych or something. Yeah, yeah. If you like psych, you might like Eureka, I think. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We're on episode seven of this new podcast. And so far, we've gotten great reception. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode, episode eight. We're going to be doing an episode called Right as Rains. Rains spelled with a Y. Stay tuned for whatever that means. But in the meantime, if you guys want to recommend uh, shows, more sci-fi channel shows for us to watch after Eureka, we haven't decided what we're doing next. We know we want to do Warehouse 13 at some point. Uh, but like, just let us know what show you want us to do next. You can email us at this weird old email that none of us remember making but i have all the login info to uh saturdaymopod at gmail.com i don't know what any of that means but email us there uh if you have any recommendations for the show or would like to inquire about being a guest on the show but yeah thank you guys so much for listening uh if you'd like to talk to me on twitter i am at james wilk mel you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. Listen to my other podcasts on the Whatnots network of podcasts. That's Whatnots spelled like astronauts. Uh, we just recently started a Patreon bonus series where we talk about TV pilots, all sorts of random TV pilots. We did do Eureka. So even though I've absolutely, of course, already talked about the pilot episode here on this show, you can listen mm-hmm. to me talk about it over there, too. I'm on the review show every week, which is our uh, media discussion show, book book club style. Every week we've got a different movie, season of a TV show, a couple volumes of a comic. Uh, I think coming up soon we're going to be watching all of Fringe. So if you dig Mm. Eureka, you probably also dig Fringe. And I am on the Captain's Log every week, our nonsense off-topic chat show where we... I play silly games. We read the Mountain Dew fan wiki. As we record this now, we're coming up on a a riddle special where I force my co-host to read me riddles. That's great. How do you think you're going to do on that? Um, 
I mean, I it's Batman themed. He's going to read me Riddler riddles. And I don't know how hard those are. When I listen to the podcast, <laughs> Hey Riddle Riddle, I mm-hmm. sometimes I get them when the co-hosts don't, but sometimes they get them when I don't. So I don't know. I might do average. Well, Batman is the world's greatest detective. Uh, yeah. So I'm I not. Think... <laughs> You'll find out very quickly how, how good these riddles are. Nonetheless, good luck with the riddles. Thank you. <laughs> That's what you need to solve a riddle most of all is luck. Absolutely, you do. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Sci-Fi Afternoon Odysseys. I can't wait to keep talking about Eureka. This is such a great show. We're going to keep going until we finish it and then start another Sci-Fi Channel show, as is the concept of this podcast that we've always been doing and always will do. We'll see you guys next time, but don't forget to relax, kick back, and imagine if greater. Imagine if. Greater. How's it going? Fire in the hole! Off. Jack, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you come in. I can't hear anything. Mm. Henry, what are you doing? Working on a hunch. A hypothesis on how our guy died. And it wasn't any Bigfoot. Yeah, well, tell me something I don't know. Okay. He tripped. He tripped and was hit by the car? No, he hit the car. What, was he going like 500 miles an hour? 588 miles an hour, and he glanced off it, which would explain why the car spun out instead of being smashed on impact. Yeah. I think I like the Bigfoot theory again. Here, look, I've done numerous simulations. I've done mechanical augmentation. I've done temporal manipulation. I've done biological enhancement. Only one theory makes sense. Someone or something turned our guy into Roadrunner. Okay. If that something was a chemical. Okay. And that you could ingest. Could you test for it? Sure, if I had a body. How about a body part? Oh, that's very good. Very good. Why does it look like me? It's generic.